الحمد لله وكفاه وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الله الغني وأنتم الفقراء سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم الله سبحانه وتعالى he mentions in the Quran about the difference between us and him and he says والله الغني or الله الغني that Allah سبحانه وتعالى is غني and أنتم الفقراء and all of you the rest of you meaning all of us we are فقراء we are فقراء now Technically speaking, ghani means wealthy or someone that has everything. And fuqara, on the other hand, is someone, or fuqara, or faqir, or fuqara, which is a plural of faqir, is someone who doesn't have anything or has very little. And another way to sort of understand this is that ghani is <coughs> independence. And fuqara are those that are dependent. Why? Because a person who has wealth or an individual or a being that has wealth and has everything, they're relatively independent. They're not dependent upon anyone else. Right? And on the other hand, someone who's in need is dependent. Is dependent. So Allah Ta'ala says, Allahul Ghani wa antumul fuqara that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is independent and we are all dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Every single one of us. Every single one of us is dependent. All of Allah's creation is dependent upon Allah. And this is very powerful if we think about it, if we reflect upon it, that our existence is dependent upon Allah. Our coming into this world is dependent upon Allah. And then our, uh, our, 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 our sustenance while we exist in this world is completely dependent upon Allah. And every breath that we take, you know, every uh, ounce, every morsel that we put into our mouth, we are completely dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's creation. If a person decided that they wanted to be independent of Allah ta'ala in this world, it would be impossible, right? The ability for the, the heart to, to, to beat or to pump is dependent upon Allah. And if, if Allah ta'ala decided to stop that from occurring, then because of our dependence upon Him, we would cease to exist. Our breath is dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, if we, uh, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decided to cut the ability for us to, to breathe, right? While we may think that we would, we may, I mean, you might think that, well, I'm independent, I'm independent. But if Allah ta'ala takes away that ability, then we pass away, we cease to exist. So our existence is dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything in this, everything that we do, our day-to-day -day interactions, our day-to-day -day happenings, we are completely dependent on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Completely dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely independent of us. Now, one of the ways by which we show our dependence upon Allah is through salah. One of the ways by which we show our dependence to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or dependence upon Allah Ta'ala to Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is through our prayer. It's through our prayer. Now, for many of us, if we look at our schedules, we have a set schedule, or we have some sort of a schedule, and we aim to try to fit our salah into our schedule. 
we tram- we try to fit our salah into our schedule. That, you know, I'm going to be working from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. And if I have a window here, I'm going to squeeze my salah into here. You know, we normally have dinner around six, between 6 and 7 or between 7 and 8. And if there's time before or after, then I'm going to try to squeeze my dinner into this. And I, uh, I normally sleep uh, until 7 o'clock in the morning or 6 o'clock in the morning. And if it's conducive to my schedule and to my sleep schedule, then I'm going to f- fit the morning prayer into, into my schedule. But because we're so dependent <coughs> upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created salah as a way for us to show our dependence, the way by which we should set up our schedule should be that these are the pillars of our schedule. I have these five salahs and everything else I'm going to try to fit around these five salahs. Everything, everything else that I need to do is going to be according to these five salahs. In fact, at the, uh, at the time of, of the Prophet ﷺ, the salah was sort of the, what they used to tell time, you could say. This was how they determined what they were going to do. After Fajr, we're going to do this. Before Dhuhr, I'm going to take a nap. After Dhuhr, I'm going to go to work. Before Asr, I'm going to do this. After Asr, I'm going to, you know, visit visit someone. Before Maghrib, after Maghrib, Isha. After Isha, I'm going to go to bed. I mean, this was the way the schedule was designed. Meaning, the purpose of the existence of the Sahaba was their Salah. And if you look at your own, if you look at all of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mandated us, when we wake up in the morning, first thing in the morning, we wake up. And we begin to think, okay, what, what do I have to do today for Allah? Like, what is absolutely required of me for the sake of Allah? Think about it, right? What, what do I woke, I'm, I'm awake now, before I go to bed at night, what is required of me before I go, to ba- before I go back to sleep at night? Right? Is it required of me to pay zakah? Not necessarily. I mean, for most people, they aren't going to pay zakah today. Like I said, you wake up tomorrow morning. Most people are not going to pay their zakah tomorrow. You probably won't. Okay, is it required of me to go for Hajj? No, most people aren't going to Hajj tomorrow. These are the, at some point in your lifetime, you'll have to go, but you don't have to go tomorrow. Okay, you wake up in the morning. Is it required for me to fast today? No, it's not. I mean, if it's the month of Ramadan, yes. So those thirty days, that short window. If it's the uh, if it's a Monday or if it's a Thursday, okay, it's Sunnah to fast. But does that mean that I have to fast? Uh, no, it doesn't mean that. You know, you don't. I don't have to do it. Okay, do I have to give sadaqah? Do I have to give charity today? Okay, you go through the list of all the things that you think that you may have to do. No, I don't have to do it. It's not, a requi- it's not required for me. I don't have to do it. Okay, and then there's, do I have to um, uh, serve, serve the ummah? Do I have to serve the ummah? Do I have to serve the community? Right, if you go through these questions in your mind, no, I don't have to do this. There is nothing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed upon our shoulders that's required of us on a daily basis. Except for one thing. Except for one thing. We wake up in the morning, we ask ourselves, do I have to perform my five salah today? Do I have to perform my five salah today? The answer to that question is always going to be yes. It's always going to be yes. From now until we pass away, or until Allah Ta'ala gives us the senses to, to actually process this, right? The, 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 the cognitive function that's required to understand this. Every morning when we wake up and we ask ourselves, what is actually required of me today? The one thing that is required of me is my salah. And yet for the vast majority of believers, the overwhelming majority of believers, salah is much lower down on our priority list. Right? Even if you were to, let's say, okay, some people, let's say, are distanced from deen. So priority is work. Priority is make, earning a living. You know, priority is... Uh, is working out, priority is, you know, going, going out for dinner, etc. But even for those people that, you know, have some sort of attachment to deen, 
for the vast majority of us that wake up in the morning, we aren't thinking that my requ- the requirement that I have to my Lord today is my five salahs. We're thinking, oh, I have to, you know, be, I, I have this meeting at three o'clock and, if, and it's in the masjid committee meeting. And if I don't attend the meeting, then what's going to happen to the community? You know, we think that, oh, I have, uh, I have this project. I have these emails that I need to address. I have these messages that I need to respond to. Right? Even people of deen have completely uh, forgotten the purpose of our existence. And that is our prayer. That is our prayer. It's the one deed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is actually required from us on a, daily, uh, on a daily basis. And it's such an important deed that it comes in narration that on the day of judgment, uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala begins the questioning between us, the first thing that Allah ta'ala will ask us about is our prayer. The first thing that Allah ta'ala will ask us about is our prayer. And if our prayer, if, if the, the book of deeds of our prayer isn't complete or it's, it's inadequate, you could say, then the book is closed. There's nothing, there's nothing further to discuss. We aren't going to discuss your fasting. We're not going to discuss you know, how many umrahs you performed. We aren't going to discuss you know, how much sadaqah you gave and how many orphans you helped and how many, how much of the, uh, how many board meetings you attended. The book is closed. So Allah comes first. If you haven't, uh, uh, you haven't um, perfected your salah or you haven't made this the focus in your life, then there's nothing more for you and I to discuss on this day. That's the interaction that we'll have with Allah. That's the interaction that we'll have with Allah. So for the person who's seeking Allah, the person who's desiring Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then salah is our priority. Salah is our priority. And for most people, the goal is to perform the salah. For the sadiq, their goal is to perfect the salah. For most people, the challenge and the struggle is, can I just get my five prayers in today? But the salik has to move beyond that and say, I've established the five prayers, now how am I going to perfect those five prayers? This is a lifelong journey that all of us undertake. It's a lifelong journey. you know. But, but the point is that this has to be on our radar. It has to be on our radar that, look, I have an X amount of time to live in this world. Maybe Allah Ta'ala is giving me 10 more years, or maybe He's giving me 30 more years. But if I leave this world having not perfected my salah, then, then I'm in trouble. Because how am I going to have this conversation with Allah? Put everything else behind. Put your dhikr behind. Put you know everything else behind. If I haven't been able to perfect my salah, if I haven't been able to be consistent in my salah, then how am I going to, uh, how am I going to even have a conversation with my Lord in the hereafter? And when a person neglects their prayer, or doesn't take heed of it, or you could say it um, <coughs> uh, doesn't put it in its proper place, then what we are doing is we are basically telling Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we are independent of Him, we are not dependent upon Him. When it should be the opposite. It should be, the case should be such that when the salah time comes in, then from that point on, we're, we're now, we're now there's, there's something constantly on our shoulders. Something constantly hitting us and saying, pray, 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 pray. Because this burden will not be lifted until we complete our salah. So for instance, the Dhuhr time comes in and it's now 1.45 and Dhuhr time comes in. For many of us, we aren't even thinking, when is Dhuhr coming in? Has Dhuhr time come in? Once we've finished whatever responsibilities that we have, then we'll say, oh, it's time for me to, I'm going to go pray and pray Dhuhr now and then we'll pray our Dhuhr. You know, the Sahaba would wait for the time for Salah to come in and then they would rush to pray the Salah as soon as it would come in. So it's for us as, as people who are seeking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our Salah is our focus in life. Everything should revolve around our salah. Our schedules should be designed around our salah. And our, uh, our priority should be the salah. Our priority should be the salah. You know, if we want to be people that benefit 
ourselves and benefit those people around us and benefit the community around us and serve the community around us. And if we haven't been able to perfect our salah in our own life, then there's, then there's, uh, then there's little chance that we'll be able to help anyone else. There's little chance that we'll be able to even help ourselves, let alone, you know, uh, uh, let alone anyone else. So salah is important. It's, it's, the, it's the focus of every single believer because it's the one expectation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has from us every single morning. So what does that mean for us? It means two things in particular when we're thinking about our prayer. Number one, it's that we should aim to pray our salah when the time for salah comes in. We should pray it at the earliest possible time. You know, the, the way and the way we understand this is if the Sahaba would wait for, they would wait for the Salah time to begin, right? They would wait, think, when is it going to come? When is it going to, oh, it's about to come. Okay, now I'm going to pray. Our schedule should be designed around Salah such that we wait for the Salah time to begin and we should perform the Salah as soon as the time for Salah comes in. It comes in hadith, <coughs> the Prophet ﷺ said that a hypocrite, a hypocrite is that person who, when the time for Asr prayer comes, they they know that they have to pray their salah because as soon as the time comes in, the burden of praying the salah or the responsibility of praying salah is now on our shoulders. And if we don't pray the salah, then that's not uplifted from us. We're carrying this weight until we pray our salah. The Bible said that a hypocrite is... <coughs> <coughs> a hypocrite... Is, a, is that person who, when the time for Asr prayer comes in, they wait until the sun is, is basically setting or about to set. And at that time, right before the time is going to end, they peck their salad like a, like a chicken pecks on the ground. A chicken, the way a chicken pecks and, you know, like with his beak and just pecks up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, that's what happens when a person delays their prayer and there's only a few minutes left or a minute or two left. What happens? You peck like a chicken. You go down, sajda, up, you know, sajda, rukur, sajda, and you just peck up and down, up and down to your qiyam, sajda. And you're just pecking like a chicken. There's no value to your prayer. But that's the sign of a hypocrite according to the Prophet So we should think, well, how are we with our prayer? I mean, are we the type of people that when we know the time for salah has come in, we immediately perform it? Or do we say, I actually have four hours to perform my salah. What's the rush? I have another couple of hours. Let me pray it later. Look, from a, from a fiqhi standpoint, from a technical standpoint, there's nothing wrong about it. But what you are basically showing Allah Ta'ala is that you are not in need of Him. You are not in need of His prayer. If we were in need of something, the moment we would have access to it, we would immediately, you know, if there was a drought, for instance, in this area, and there was no water available, and now they're passing out water. And if you're the person, and everyone's thirsty, right? And, and now they're throwing out water bottles. You know, if you're going to sit in the back and wait and say, I'm actually okay, what you're doing is you're basically saying, I'm actually not in need right now, I'll wait. But the person who's in need, who's panting out of thirst, they're in the front and they're trying to, they're trying to get whatever, whatever they can. They're just trying to take every, uh, any, anything anyone will give them, they're happy to take it. So the believers the same way, the moment Salah comes in, they recognize that I'm so in need of Allah. I was waiting for this moment for me to then turn my attention back to Allah. Thankfully, Allah Ta'ala has kept me alive for these few minutes so I can experience the Dhuhr time and the Dhuhr time prayer and the time period. Now I perform my Salah as soon as it comes in. We don't delay our Salah. We don't delay our Salah. We should think, time is endless, do it. We don't think... I have a six in the summer. It's very challenging, right? Because Dhuhr, you can pray until six thirty, six forty-five, almost seven o'clock for some some weeks, right? So the thought is that well, I have all this time. What's the rush? Right? I mean, there's certain situations where there's exceptions. You know, if you're at work and school and you really, you know, you you're not on your schedule, you're on someone else's schedule. There's a little bit of flexibility, but <coughs> certainly when we're on our schedule, then there's no 
excuse for us to delay our salah unless we think we are not in need of Allah, unless we think that we are independent upon Allah. That's the only reason we would be able to delay our salah. So be very mindful of the time for salah that when the time for salah comes in, we immediately perform it. We immediately look at it as this opportunity to turn back to Allah. The second thing it means for us is that if we want to perfect our salah, and that's the goal of, of every sadiq, is to perfect salah, not just to perform it, then we have to pray that salah in the masjid. We have to pray the salah in the masjid. The masjid should be our second home, or you could even say our first home. Our first home. It, there, it, at the time of the sahaba, the concept of praying salah by yourself, it, you could say it didn't even exist. It wouldn't cross their minds. Salah meant that you would come to the masjid and you would pray in congregation with the jama'ah. Whether it be fajr, whether it be dhuhr, whether it be asr, whether it be maghrib, whether it be isha. That would be, that would be what would be, that would be the practice of the sahaba. There wasn't this notion that, you know, I'm only going to pray my isha prayer in the masjid and I'm only going to pray, you know, once a day I'm going to go to the masjid and pray my isha prayer and, and I've, I've met the requirements of, of salah in the masjid for that day. I'm going to go for my dhuhr prayer because it's close to my work and I'm going to go and pray dhuhr in the masjid and I've met my... Uh, my quota for the day. For the Sahaba, every Salah was prayed in the Masjid. Every Salah was prayed in the Masjid. So for us, we should seek to pray every, as many Salahs as we can in the Masjid. There are certain days, for instance, if we're not working on a weekend, where we should make it a goal to pray all five Salahs in the Masjid. You know, if, if, if for instance, we think that we're too busy, you know, many of us have this excuse that we're too busy. And for, the, for many of us, it's we're busy because we're, you know, we're involved in, like I said, some sort of project or some sort of committee or some sort of this and that. Those things come secondary. The salah comes first. So on those days where we have the ability to pray every salah in the masjid, meaning our schedule will allow it, or we make our schedule allow it, <coughs> that every salah, that every salah should be prayed in the masjid. Okay, the, the days that you aren't able to, for the vast majority of people, there is no excuse from there is no excuse to pray Isha and Fajr in, in, uh, at home. For most people, there is no excuse to pray Isha and Fajr prayer at home. How could you come up with an excuse? In the summer, no one's working at 11 o'clock at night. And no one's working at 5.30 in the morning or 5.15 in the morning. Maybe in the winter months, some people work at the time of Fajr. But Isha prayer, most people are back. There is no excuse to pray these Salahs at home. There really isn't. And there's such reward in praying these Salahs in the Masjid that we should, and, and because our schedule is so available during this time, this should be our priority. The Prophet ﷺ said a person who prays Isha prayer in the masjid, then they get the reward of praying half of that night's worth of prayer. Then a person that then performs a Fajr prayer in the masjid, they get the reward of praying the rest of the night. It's as if you're praying the entire night. It's as if you're praying Salah the entire night toward Allah Ta'ala. All you have to do is pray Isha and pray Fajr in the masjid. You know, some people have this, uh, this idea that I'm, I wanna, my goal is Tahajjud in them. I want to pray Tahajjud. The Hajjud is my goal. The early morning prayer, this is a very special time. But the Hajjud isn't, it's not a fard. It's, you know, you, it's, it's, at most it's a, it's a sunnah. I mean, it's, it's highly regarded. But if we, some people will think that if I can perform the Hajjud prayer and pray Fajr at home, then I've sort of met my goal. But the Fajr prayer in the masjid is far more superior than the Hajjud prayer at home. It's far more superior than the Hajjud prayer at home because that's the expectation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only thing that prevents us from praying Fajr in the masjid is our bed. That's the only thing that prevents us from praying Fajr. It's not our children. They're not up at 5.30 in the morning. Right? If they are, you can put them back to sleep. Or you have, you have help. There's nothing else. I mean, if we're not married or if we don't have children, if we don't have children then there's nothing except for, except for our bed that's keeping us. 
So then the decision has to be made, well, what's more important to me? Is it my bed or is it my Lord? It's a simple question. The answer we know. Is it my bed? Now, it, it doesn't mean that t- from tomorrow, you know, we're all, inshallah, going to pray for Fajr in the masjid, despite this being the practice, you know, of, of, our, of our pious predecessors. But it means that in my mind, I'm constantly thinking, if I'm not praying Fajr in the masjid, how am I going to get to the to uh, the circumstance where I am praying Fajr in the masjid? If I'm not praying, you know, Isha in the masjid, you know, today I'm not able to, tomorrow I'm not able to, how am I going to get there? It has to be a goal in our mind. Just like we aspire toward, you know, some degree that we've been dreaming about. We aspire toward our first job. We aspire toward our first child. We should aspire toward that day when we become consistent in going to the masjid for the Fajr prayer or for the Isha prayer or for the Asr prayer, whichever prayer it may be. So Salah is our focus. And the responsibility falls not just on the men you know, of the house, but also the women of the house to encourage you know, the, the, the men to, to pray their salahs in the masjid. You know, this is Fajr. I mean, Fajr, Salah, the, uh, it, the, 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 the wife should push the husband out to go to the Fajr prayer. How did you not go to Fajr prayer? You know, if a, if a, if a husband were to, uh, were to slack off and not go to work and just feel lazy and just not show up to work, work for the next week and say, I'm not going to go, what would happen? Eventually, the, you know, the, the spouse would say, you need to go. I mean, we're not, we're not getting, uh, we're not able to make ends meet. We don't have anything to eat. On, we have nothing to eat. Um, you're a bum, just get up and move, get out of the house, go, go earn a living. Well, similarly, as we go out to work and we bring back our, bring back our, our physical rizq with us from, from our workplace, when, when a person goes to the masjid, they're bringing back their spiritual sustenance back into the house as well. So in the same way, the wife should be very concerned that why are we not bringing spiritual sustenance into the house? Well, who's going to provide that spirituality that is at a metaphysical level? Who's going to provide that for the children? Who's going to provide that for the household? Who's going to bring that nur into the house? It occurs by a person going to the masjid, taking a piece of, the, of that nur and bringing it back into the home. So the responsibility of praying in the masjid is, is for both, <coughs> for the men and women of the house. So salah should be our priority. We as people who are seeking nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no exception to this rule. There is no dhikr that's greater than the, than, 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 than the salah. There is no... Uh, uh, there is no time spent in anyone's company that is greater than, than praying Salah in the Masjid. This is our priority and we should take heed of this. We should make it a goal in our life to establish our schedule around Salah and we should do whatever we can to pray Salah at its earliest time when it comes in and we should do our best to pray as many salahs as we can in the masjid and make this a goal in our life. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant us all the tawfiq to uh, make us uh, make us guests of his home frequently. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the tawfiq to be consistent in our salah and not miss a single salah going forward. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to move from simply just performing the salah to actually perfecting <coughs> the salah itself. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.